WXDX FM Pittsburgh. Yeah! Pittsburgh's rock and alternative. Here's an interesting quote from Mark Cuban, the owner of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks. He said that the Supreme Court's ruling on gambling has just doubled the value of teams in the top four sports. I'm not sure how that's true. I'm not sure how that trickle-down would work. You could always gamble on sports. This just makes it legal everywhere, presumably. It's up to each state. Each state has to improve. By the way, to take advantage of this ruling, keep in mind, the over-under for Pitt men's basketball victory total in the ACC this coming season is 5.5. So once PA approves gambling, everybody run out and bet the under. Hashtag sure thing. Pennsylvania will have legalized sports gambling by football season. You can bet on it. Get it? Bet on it. Ha! Listen, gambling on sports should have been legalized a long, long time ago. Just like drugs and prostitution. Legalize it, regulate it, then tax it. This is going to take sports gambling away from the bad element and make it a legitimate business. How could anyone see it as a bad thing? Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. I just went on the Twitter of the boycott stooge, the... the the blogger stooge who's saying fans are boycotting the Pirates. He's still right with it. The organizers of the boycott. Who are exactly are the organizers of the boycott, you, 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 you stooge? Uh, PA will have legalized sports gambling by football season. I wonder if it'll be tied into casinos, like, you know, down at the rivers, down at the meadows. Or maybe... OTBs, like the various Meadows locations, like there's one in Harmerville I like to drop by once in a while. Or maybe just independent bookie joints. This is going to make me more money, that's for sure. You could bet on that. Get it? Seriously, let me audition right now. Sports gambling is now legal in Pennsylvania. Hi, I'm Mark Madden. The place to place your... Now legal sports bets are at Joe's Sports Book in Cheswick, PA, located just down the street from the fabulous Giant Eagle Mega Mart. What's it called? Giant Eagle Express, excuse me. I'll endorse anything. I'd have endorsed Gaddafi when he was alive for the right money. Well, now, I have some morality. It would have taken a lot of money to get me to endorse Gaddafi. Uh, local bookies will survive, by the way. The illegal ones, if you're concerned about them. You know what they'll do? They'll just charge less VIG. Instead of betting 110 to win 100, you'll bet 105 to win 100. A couple sports books in Vegas do that to try to get more business. Illegal bookies book the daily number, for example. But their straight payout is 600 to 1 instead of 500 to 1. Let's go to Tim in the car. Tim, you're on with Double M. 
Tim hung up. And that makes me sad. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This is huge news. If you're just tuning in, the United States Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to to allow New Jersey to legalize sports gambling. That means any state can do it. It's not just for Vegas anymore. The revenue produced, the tax money produced, the amount of finance that will provide every state that legalizes sports gambling. I read an estimate uh, after the decision by the Supreme Court was announced that it's expected to generate $57 billion in revenue in the first year of legalized gambling. That's in the country. $57 billion. That's amazing. Some people will win. You won't. You'll lose for sure. Most will lose. But uh, this is long since overdue. Like I said, if people want to gamble, they're going to find a way to gamble. If people want to do drugs, they're going to find a way to do drugs. If people want to have sex with women for money, they'll find a way to have sex with women for money. Or with men for money. With animals for money. Consenting animals, of course. I would never approve of anything different. But but it's just, you're not going to stop people. And any effort to stop people from, you know, doing what they want in, in what, everything I mentioned when it was illegal was a victimless crime. Well, the drug thing, people going to steal. And the drug thing can get violent. I, I get that. But you're just not going to stop it. And some things that you can't stop, no matter how much it may offend your delicate moral sensibilities, you got to let it go and legalize and make it safe. Er, safer is something will definitely happen with sports gambling. Like the state of Pennsylvania won't break your arms if you don't pay up. Then again, they won't take your bet if you haven't put the money down in advance. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I got a blog up, and I'm going to talk about this at length later. It's interesting. I'll ask it to you as a question first before I give you my opinion. I was watching a baseball game the other day, and a left-handed pull hitter came up. Every single friggin' infielder was to the right of second base. There was not a single infielder on the left side. Should that be legal? Do people want to see tactics, or do they want to see runs? And should the left-handed pull hitter put a bunt down the third base line or slap a grounder down there? If he doesn't have the skill to do that, I can't believe he's a Major League Baseball player. How do you feel about the plethora, and it really is overwhelming, the the plethora of shifting that is going on in Major League Baseball? I watched a game the other day. uh, I forget which power game it was over the weekend. I did catch some of the action. And I used the word action very, in a very liberal sense because I saw three pitching changes in one inning. Guess what that made me do? Watch that 70s show on the Comedy Channel. Let's go to Connor in Pittsburgh. Connor, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Terrific. Awesome. Hey, I was saying, do you think the new legalization in gambling will cause, will it make it more of a problem? Will people keep, will it make it uh, like more popular for people who actually don't even gamble? 
and now that's legal, it could attract that crowd as well. That's a good question. Um, will people who don't gamble suddenly start gambling? Here, here's what I think. I will, but I do gamble. Let me, what am I, okay. The only time I bet sports is in Vegas because I don't want to bet with Benny the bookie on the street corner. I just don't. That's not my style. I mean, I have on occasion bet with, well, his name was Dean at the time. But, but you know, I just don't like to do that. Whereas yeah. with, with Vegas, it's all out in the open. You walk up, you put your money down, you get a ticket. It's all above board. And when it's that way in Pennsylvania, if I could go to, say, Rivers Casino and do that, yes, I would be more likely to gamble more. How about you? Gotcha. Yeah, because I can't, I mean, I'm like, I just gamble on, like, the big games and Super Bowl and stuff like that. So I was thinking in my head, like, I think I would actually gamble way more, thinking that if it was legal, it's just easier, too, like, easier access, at least. Well, what I, my advice to you would be to not only gamble more, but to bet it all. Bet it all. Let's go to Zach in the car. Zach, you're on with Double M. Good day, sir. Right. Uh, with our governor always looking for new sources of revenue, did I agree with you that this probably could be done before football season? Do you think it would be easy for casinos to adapt it right away? Because there's large poker rooms in all these casinos. I don't know how they generate the revenue in there, but it seems like an easy thing you don't. Right you, you need a lot of room for a sports book because okay. you got to put up TVs. You got to put up a bar. Uh, thinking about the Rivers Lad, I don't know where they would put the sports book off the top of my head. I do know they'll find some place to do it, and I bet they do it in record time once the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. You know what? It wouldn't shock me if they did. They'll take one of their restaurants that doesn't get a ton of business, blow it out. I wonder. I don't think their buffet does great business. Although every casino, it's kind of like a law informally to have a buffet. The wheelhouse does great. They won't blow out the wheelhouse. They won't blow out the steakhouse. The poker room does good business, too. And besides, where would Phil Kessel go? Uh, I don't know. But th- believe me, they'll find... You know what? Upstairs, there are a lot of ballrooms and whatnot. I bet they take like a bunch of those ballrooms to make a big badass sports book and and I can't wait. There's no place more fun to watch a game than a sports book. 412-333-9939 the number to call. It's the Mark Madden show 1059. And now the super genius Mark Madden. SG, hola good sir. Hola. Hey Mark, how you doing? My solution is give me my cake and eat me too. The X at 1059. John Steigerwald is reporting that Pennsylvania would have a 36% tax on legalized sports gambling. That would certainly raise a lot of money for the state, wouldn't it? As opposed to taxing the illegal bookies, which you can't do because it's illegal and we don't know how much money they're bringing in. By the way, somebody uh, tweeted, actually it was Hebrew Hammer who's banned from the show, He said that prostitution is not a victimless crime. It is in Vegas. You know why? Because it's legal. It's regulated. It's taxed. It's above board. Nobody's being held against their will. It's legal in Vegas. And so it's not a crime at all, let alone a victimless one. Yeah. Anything that's illegal that people are going to do anyway will become a crime. 
and not necessarily a victimless one. With drugs, you have a trickle-down, a theft. Same thing with gambling to fund a, a, a gambling junkie's habit. And prostitution, many victims when it's done illegally. But things you can't stop, that's why you legalize them. So kudos to the Supreme Court for making a decision that should have been made, obviously, many years ago. Let's go to Ron in Neville. Ron, you're on with Double M. Oh, hey, Mark. Hey, I was just curious. So you were just talking about it. Um, so, so what? What does this them passing that today mean exactly? Like, I have many friends who are bookies, and I mean, it doesn't affect them at all. Oh, it'll like, affect them. I mean, I think it'll they'll lose a lot of their business, don't you? Yeah. Okay. So, like, so, like, what would you would just go to like the casinos and bet, or I, that's yet to be determined. But I'm assuming, as in Vegas, the sports books would be set up in casinos. I think okay. a secondary location would be at an OTB, like you know, one of the Meadows locations, the off-track right. betting. And I think there's an outside chance that there could be just sports gambling shops. They don't have those in Vegas, but they do have those in England. Like you'll have a, a Ladbrokes or a WH Smith, and oh, you walk okay. into a storefront, you gamble, you, you put bets down on games or horse races. Okay, cool. Exactly how it manifests itself, I don't know, but I. That's a pretty educated guess. Let's go to uh, Earl on the Parkway. Earl, you're on the Mark Madden Show. If they were to bring that to the rivers, uh, how would you feel about them putting it near the escalators to go to the Grandview Buffet? That bar is always closed anyway. I don't think that's a big enough space. I I know right where you mean. Uh, Between the escalator and the wheelhouse, correct? Yes. You need a bigger space than that. That makes sense. What about the spiral bar, then? You need more space than that. I think what makes the most sense is to take one of the ballrooms upstairs and make that into the sports book. Although, I don't know if you'd want to have it upstairs. But there's no obvious place to put it downstairs. Maybe what you could do is you could put it where the poker room is now and move the poker room upstairs. Because the poker guys are going to find, you know, that's, that's... well, I don't know. What's a more specialized audience? I'm kind of thinking out loud here. Is it the poker players or is it the sports gamblers? I think either would find their destination no matter where it is. So I'd probably keep the poker room where it is and put the sports book upstairs and just do a number on it. Just make it into this oasis of all the big screen TVs, a wall of smaller TVs, you know, food, drink, the whole nine yards. You could make it into a great attraction. Thank you for the call. I don't feel like the Rivers. I go to the Rivers to eat at the Wheelhouse and occasionally at Anthony's. They took prime rib off the buffet. Anthony's is the steakhouse. They took prime rib and seafood Newburgh off the buffet, which is why I went there in the first place, both those dishes. So so that's out. Uh, plus, uh, plus, believe it or not, for a couple of years now, I've tried to eat better. I Even in Vegas, I don't go to the buffets anymore. But anyway. Uh, I don't gamble at the Rivers because I just don't gamble in Pittsburgh. I, I When I go on vacation, it seems more special, like Vegas. The, the, the rules are better there, all the stuff. But I don't feel like there's anything at the Rivers. I've never been to the Meadows since it became a casino. Can you believe that? I don't feel like there's anything there that's a real attraction, except the Wheelhouse. The Wheelhouse is one of the best sports bars ever, anywhere. It's brilliant. That's why I go there. But they could make the sports book into a real attraction. 
and I, I hope they do. Let's go to Norm in Pittsburgh. Norm, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, uh, you said you'd endorse Gaddafi. What, what about that uh, Hitler guy? He turned out to be a real jerk. No, no, I draw the line there. I wouldn't really endorse Gaddafi. Well, I don't know. Well, he's dead now, moot point. Like, look at Kim Jong-un. I'd endorse him. Suddenly, we're friends. Let's go to Jim in the car. Jim, you're on with Double M. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Hey, Mark. Hey, I just wanted to see what you thought about uh, putting the sport, you know, having it done through the state lottery as opposed to having sports books in the casino. That way you can even... What do you mean through the state lottery? I can go make a bet like at the 7-Eleven? Yeah, 7-Eleven. Yeah, I, I think the 7-Elevens are already crowded enough with, with people who play the, the lottery. Yeah, but even don't, even don't forget, you... it's a lot more complicated to to like have you know how many games you can bet on on a given day because you're not going to limit it to to the NFL. It's going to be you can bet on just about anything and everything. And I'm not sure the employees at the Seven Elevens of this great city of ours are equipped in any way, in any way to handle that. Up next, it's hockey talk with the old two niner Phil Bork on 105.9. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, check it out. Even as a kid, I was a super genius. I was the coolest white guy on the radio. <laughs> I think I'm the coolest guy, period, but what's up? The X at 105.9. Joining me now to wrap up Penguin season, although the hockey talk will continue all through the summer because that's what we do here, but joining me from the Penguins radio broadcast team, he is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He is the old 2-9er, Phil Bork. Borky? How will we remember the 2017-18 season for the Penguins? A success, a failure, or somewhere in between? Well, that's an interesting first question. Um, boy, I guess anything but the cup is a failure. I think that's just the way we, it is here in Pittsburgh. I'm not saying it was a complete loss. There were a lot of, a lot of good moments throughout the season. Uh, probably more memorable bad moments, I think, if you really... I just take a bird's eye view of it. Uh, there were some losses, I think, that, that kind of stayed with us, Mark, that we're just not accustomed to here. And that's no arrogance at all. It's just uh, the standard was is just so high here that our expectations of this group are uh, to win the Stanley Cup and uh, to have some of the tough losses during the regular season, which you didn't expect, and, and to go out the way we did on home ice in overtime to the hated Capitals. Uh, I, I don't know how you can deem it a success. Well, success is probably too strong. Uh, failure is probably too strong, too. I'd say disappointment yeah. is, is probably an accurate word. But, uh, but but moving on to the summer, do you expect Jim Rutherford to make any major moves? How much change does this team need? I don't think it needs much change. I, I don't think you uh, change the whole culture here. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, it didn't go perfectly for us and uh as you know mark uh whether it's 25 years ago or or this year that you have to get the calls you have to get the bounces it all has to go right you have to stay healthy and it just it just wasn't meant to be for us so that doesn't mean you just flush all the good that you have down the toilet uh and do a uh, a reboot here uh there's some some tweaks that need to be made and uh some minor adjustments whether it's uh, with current personnel or bringing somebody new in to give us that, that spark again. Because really, for me, Mark, the, the one thing that, 
that still kind of burns with me here a little after the season ended that and the, the major disappointment was for me uh, for me was uh, we didn't get that that second third tier scoring which was so important to us the last couple of years and and also we didn't have any youth come in and, and energize the the hockey club like it had the last two years and I don't know if that's an unrealistic expectation to try to get that every single year but I think when you look at what Washington's doing and you look what what even Winnipeg's doing, I think you kind of have that balance of, you know, you need to have the star players, you need to have the goaltender, you need to have maybe even a a veteran guy that maybe has never won a cup before, and that seems to be part of it too. But more than anything, you need to have a young guy that maybe you've never heard of him before come in and all of a sudden make a splash and and, and be an impactful player and, and that's what really was missing for me this year and uh, leads to my disappointments. How good or bad was Chris Letang? Give me your overview on Tanger for the entire season and the playoffs. Well, I feel like I was on the jackrabbit. I feel like I was on the roller coaster ride and uh, for for like a, a hundred straight times. And I got off and I'm exhausted. I mean, there, <laughs> there were, you know, Mark, there were times when I was like, my, there he is right there. That means he can consistently put this together. This kid can win a Norris Trophy. He's that damn good. But then there are other times you just left head, scratching your head going, what the holy Moses is going on here with some of the mistakes that were made. So uh, for me, it was just it was an inconsistent season. I don't think we need to pump Crystal Tang's tires. I think we're all in, in agreement that this is an unbelievably talented hockey player. Uh, but he just had so many so many um, inconsistencies in his game that it just left you kind of scratching your head. You're wondering, can he put it together? Well, a good summer, uh, a healthy summer for Chris Letang, and a full summer in the gym kind of snap everything into place because I, I tell you, I, I was on the emotional roller coaster with him. I see only one real weakness on the team, Borky. Uh, I agree the secondary scoring let the team down, but I think there are players there that should have and, and will do better. Uh, the only weakness I see is the bottom pair defense, and I'm okay with Oleksiak as part of that mix, but I would like to see Jim Rutherford go and get one or two defensemen. Yeah, and with the cap going up roughly about $5 million this year from 75 roughly to $80 million, um, yeah, I think I think he will make a pitch out there for for some unrestricted free free agent defenseman. Just off the top of my head, I can think of guys like Jack Johnson, Kevin Bieksa. Uh, let me think, Dan Hamus. Uh, I think Lucas uh, Lucas Spiza is out there, and of course Ian Cole's out there as unrestricted free agents. So, uh, yeah, I think you definitely need another veteran guy in there. And you're right, I, I like Alex- Alexiak a lot. Uh, a restricted free agent, so not a ton of movement or leverage. Um, and uh, I think they're fine with Chad Ruedel as a number seven defenseman. So again, there isn't doesn't need a major overhaul there. I think the other guys that we have are, if they're playing up to their potential, are as good as any defensive core in the league. Where does Derek Broussard fit moving forward? For me, he's a third line center, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the wing uh, if he's comfortable there and he's not just blowing smoke and, and just wanting more ice time, if he legitimately feels comfortable there and he's healthy, I, I wouldn't mind at all seeing him on the wing because I, I think that Riley Shahan, restricted free agent also, um, could really fill that role of a number three center. I think you can go out and get another 
number four center that can give you between five and eight goals a year uh, and is not a minus player. I think that that player's out there uh, and and won't demand big money. Uh, so if that's the case, I think you kind of kill two birds with one stone. If Derek Broussard can play wing, he can get you, say, between 20 and 25, and I don't think that's asking too much. Uh, I think that way you don't have to go out and spend four or five million dollars to try to get a scoring winger. Can you have Kessel and Sprong on the same team? They don't hit, they don't block shots, they play the same position. Won't that drive Mike Sullivan crazy? Well, that's really interesting because uh, I don't think either one of them um, play much on the uh, the left wing. Obviously, Phil Kessel's not going to go over there. Um, I guess da- Daniel Sprong, to be on this team, I guess we'd have to play because if, you, if you're going to resign Brian Rust, also a restricted free agent, and you have Horny and you have Phil, there's your top three right wingers. I disagree. I think Rust could drop down to the fourth line or switch wow. to left wing where he's okay. Yeah, I, I, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. I could see that too. And yeah, I think that's legit. And there are a lot of wingers that we've seen in the past that say, yeah, yeah, I can play over there. And they go over there and you're like, oh my God, this guy's lost over here. <laughs> I don't see that with Bo Brian Russ. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, and I think that Brian Russ looks fine as a right shot playing the left side. So uh, I think, I think they can cohabitate, uh, Daniel Sprong and Phil Kessel on the same team. Well, I'm not worried about them coexisting. I'm worried about Mike Sullivan tearing his hair out. <laughs> Uh, no, you're right. Um, but that's why Sully gets paid the big bucks. He's he's able to manage those personalities, and he can spend um, some of it on the toupee. <laughs> no, he'll he'll figure it out. We we're talking we're talking to Phil Bork, the old two nine, or he's brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, Borky, will Connor Sherry be a Penguin next year? Because he really faded, and it's becoming evident that if he's not on a line with Sid, he really doesn't get too much done. Boy, that's going to be a tough one. That's a tough one for me because I like Connor Sherry a lot, but I don't like him when he's going, you know, one goal in 25 games or two in 30 games. I mean, uh, I, he doesn't have to give me 25 or 23 like he had, uh, but I think he's got to be up a little bit more on a consistent basis. I think he'll admit that, that there's just too many gaps where he's not scoring and and you're right. If he's not going to be up there with Sid or Gino, you still have to find a way to to bump one in because you're you're really not a special teams guy. You might get a little bit on the second unit, a power play unit, but other than that, I just think again he's another guy that he's got to find a way. Um, otherwise, that three million's got to go somewhere else. He's got two more years left on that three million per. How much will Zach Aston Reese pitch in? I really like what we've seen of him so far. Yeah, I'm with you, Double M. Uh, Zach Astoris, I, I think, is the real deal. I, I, I think he's a player that's that's going to take this off season and, and take what he got this year, and I think he's going to go to another level. I think he'll come in with a confidence, and I think he'll be a big game player. I think he'll, he'll I think he can score 20 goals in this league. Uh, I think he's just got a nose for a net. He has a nice anticipation of where the puck's going to be. I think he's fearless. Also, I think he's stronger than most people give him credit for. He delivered some checks this year. Where he he drove some people pretty hard, and, and they were checking the number when they got off their wallet. Um, I I really like the way he plays. I I think he's a legit NHL player, and uh, I think that uh, what happened to him this year I think is only going to motivate him to get uh, a little bit stronger in the gym and and come back with a with a reckless abandon. I, I think he I could think he can score twenty. Now, are you concerned at all about Matthew Murray? 
Uh, I'm not. But one thing I will say, given his injuries, maybe they need to be sure about the quality of the backup and about who the backup is. Fair enough. Um, and you wonder if maybe some of the money will be spent on the backup. I mean, you got some some guys out there like Carter Hutton, who's probably going to be outside the Penguins' price range. But Cam Ward's a, a unrestricted free agent, and as well as Chad Johnson. And you wonder if a veteran backup um, might give a nice, healthy shove to Matt Murray. Um, there's nothing wrong with that internal competition, and you've seen the way that Matt Murray responds when he kind of looks over the shoulder a little bit and thinks man, this guy can maybe grab my job. Um, and I don't think he was really threatened by Casey the Smith or Tristan Jari. And that's not a knock on Matt Murray. I, uh, I'm, I'm in love with this guy. He's, he is such a, a solid goaltender. And I, I just think that it was a little bit of an up-and-down year. He had some moments of brilliance and other moments of, of pucks kind of leaking through him or ones he didn't think should have got in. So um, the injuries probably didn't help him a whole lot. I think he's a goaltender that, that once he stays healthy and gets on that roll like he was around the end of February, um, that's I think that's the Murray, Matt Murray we're going to see on a consistent basis here. How many more big years, big years do Sid and Gino have left? I mean big years like in the top ten scoring. Yeah, Sid's got seven years left on his deal. Gino's got four years left on his deal. Um, so I'm just going to go with the four years, what Gino has left on his deal. Um, you know, Sid's probably still going to be able to put up the numbers, but when you're talking about to stay at that elite status, uh, and who am I? I don't have a crystal ball. How am I supposed to know? But I think realistically, once you start getting into your early 30s, I think once you start approaching your mid-30s, you know, things are, are usually don't go as well as they, they have. Um, so I, I think that, that window's got to be probably be three or four years when they're really going to stay right up where they are as they were this year. Are you surprised Washington is manhandling Tampa? Uh, what's going on there, Borky? My goodness, I watched some of that game last night, and I was just shaking my head. There's way too many passengers for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Anton Strawman, that's the worst I've ever seen him play defense before. Um, Steven Stamkos is not even close to being a factor. I, I am surprised to answer your question. I'm, I'm very surprised. and I, I kind of gave him a pass on the first game uh, because, as we've seen, some teams, when they play – a long series, they're able to roll it over as Washington was was able to, and and Tampa Bay was not. And so you say, okay, they had a little hiccup in the first game. They're at home. They'll bounce back, and they laid another egg last night. So I'm shocked. I don't see how they recover and win four of the next five uh, against the Washington Capitals. It looks uh, to me, I, the, the way the Caps are getting that second and third level scoring, they're getting just solid goaltending. That's all they really need from from Braden Holpe. And uh, their star players are performing like star players. I don't see what's going to hold back the Washington Capitals from going to the Stanley Cup. Well, I thought that without Backstrom, they'd have a real tough time against Tampa. But I think Ovechkin was so relieved to finally beat the Penguins and to finally make the third round. Now he can just play. And he's really taken over that series, isn't he? Yeah, him and Kuznetsov are, are the two best players on the ice. Uh, and they and their defensemen. I, I don't see. I thought that Dimitri Dimitri Orlov was a bit of a weak link for them the last two years. But they, I think Todd Reardon's done a really good job with him. A little bit of a pro, uh, project child there, I think, for Reards. And, and I, you know, Orlov has been solid as well as all their other defensemen. The youngster um, Christian Juice has been a good addition for them. Um, and yeah, I think that they've also got a head coach who's. Uh, 
you know, I, he probably feels like, hey, you know, I'm going to be a free agent next year. As we've seen some hockey players play their best as a free agent, I think that Barry Trotz is actually coaching uh, with a reckless abandon, which I think is benefits him, uh, knowing that he's going to be a free agent on the market next year with no contract for next year. So I think that that kind of has trickled down. You've heard me say this so many times that I think almost every team in the NHL is a mirror refle- mirror reflection, excuse me, of their head coach. And I think that that Washington's playing a little bit loosey, uh, but also a controlled looseness and a free-flowing game. I've, I've been impressed with the way they've been playing. Borky, it was great all year, and I can't wait till next season. Thank you for your expertise, and we'll talk soon, I hope. Yeah, Double M, I always love coming on with you, and uh, I love that we don't always agree, but uh, respectful and good old-fashioned hockey talk. That's the old two-niner brought to you by Coors Light. I'm Mark Madden. We'll talk to Bob McLaughlin just around the corner here on 105.9 The X. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's up, Mr. Madden? Their mock might say no right now, but in their hearts, they're saying yes, yes, oh, yes. The X at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, you owe me 20 bucks. But under protest, because I did say 35. It's 34. It was 34,782. Let's round that up. Let's not. Let's <laughs> give me the 20 bucks. It was not a sellout. They announced sellouts at 35 or over, correct? Uh, around there, yeah. But I was thinking, I was hoping for 35, 36. So I, I, I owe. I, I Be will. a graceful loser, Bob. It's only 20 bucks. Yep, I owe. I'm, I'm good on that one. Now, You'll get I, I got to get this Jamison Tyon tweet out <laughs> there. Uh, Tyon said yesterday that to heal a cut on his finger, he would let people pee on it if that's what it took. Because uh, urine allegedly toughens skin. Uh, a couple Latino ball players. Moises Salou and Jorge Posada did that in the past. They urinated on their hands to toughen the skin. I'm not trying to generalize. There's worse things I could generalize about. It's kind of a Latino thing from what I understand. I intend to try it myself because my hands are certainly calloused from hitting the keyboard so hard. But now Tyon's tweeted, got to clarify this whole pee on hand thing. People offer up their remedy opinions. I jokingly said if peeing on it gets me on the field where I belong, I'll put up a sign-up sheet. Not my thing. Promise. Bob, I read that. You know what I think? Jameson, it is your thing. It's definitely your thing. What do you think? You know what I think? I think Nova tried it. It didn't work, so now he's going completely the other way. Say, no, no. You think Nova peed on Tyon's hand? I wouldn't put it past him. Mark, they want to pitch. They got a good thing going here right now. They all want to get out there. They want to keep it going. They need the fans back, Mark. The fans. Well, what do you think of the... the the stoogerific blogger who says there's a boycott and it makes no sense to boycott because you're not going because they're not winning, but now they are winning and you're not going. There's, there's no boycott. No, if there's no hashtag pirates boycott or hashtag boycott the pirates, then there's no organized. You you don't keep something like that secret. Not in the day of social media. Right. right. That would kind of, that would counter the act of boycotting by getting everyone involved in it. So yeah, I don't, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. I'm not sure where that's all coming from other than, uh, fiction. What's your take on how they're playing? There's no question they're hitting the bejesus out of the ball. I think their pitching's been only okay. And I think it needs to be a bit better. If they're going to maintain how they're how they're playing their their record, no, well put, Mark. But I do think that this far along, it is you know you should 
not maybe not sit up and take notice, but maybe read a little bit past the headlines now to see what's working for them. And definitely the long ball, the slugging, the power is working for them, and they need a little help uh, in the bullpen or with the – well, definitely with the starting pitchers, but also with all the arms all around. It's it's not insignificant that, that they are where they're at right now this far into the season. Oh, no, no, it, it's certainly not. And might I add, you look who they play, they've got the White Sox coming in and then the Padres are coming in, and then they visit Cincinnati, they've built their record to date on beating the bad teams. But that's okay. Uh, There's seven teams in MLB that are on pace to lose over 100 games. The Pirates aren't one of them, and and, and that's okay by me. Yeah, and for how many years, Mark, did they not do that? I mean, and I'm sure that Pirate fans, actually Pittsburgh fans, you know, going with what the Steelers have suffered the last few years where they can't beat the teams that they are absolutely supposed to beat. The Pirates couldn't beat the teams that they were supposed to beat. Now they're doing it. You know, The Pirates couldn't beat those teams, and then too often as the season wore on, became one of those teams. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, they take two out of three from the Giants over the weekend. So um, good times for the Pirates right now. Let's see how the masses respond. And then after those games against the White Sox, Padres, and Reds, the Cardinals and Cubs both come to town. Ooh. And guess what I sense, Bob? Guess what I see in the future? Cambria Club. <laughs> Cambria Club, although it's probably already sold out. Then again, given this year's attendance, maybe not. Yeah, but you got a guy. Well, if it's sold out, he can't do anything. No, if, that's the whole point. If it's sold out, if you got a guy, you go to your guy and he gets you in. Yeah, Bob, he's not real high up the totem pole. Okay. He's, he's just a guy, well, he's not Cambria the guy. Club level. If he was, if he was the guy, they wouldn't want me in there at all. <laughs> now, uh, what's your take on the legalization of gambling? Well, well, to to clarify, the Supreme Court said today that New Jersey can legalize sports wagering if they want which means every sport can, which means we're going to get it in PA. In fact, the legislature put the legal infrastructure in in advance, assuming this decision, which is pretty smart thinking, and it'll get the state that much more money, that quicker. How about that? Smart move by Pennsylvania to be ready, you know, to have their finger on the trigger, ready to go for it. This is a state that can't even get the real ID. In two years, you're going to have to have a separate ID even to get on a plane here in this country because they can't get the license thing worked out. But they're ready to get gambling going, Mark, now. Um, How much do you think of that money going to be earmarked for bridges and roads and infrastructure? And how much do you think is actually going to show up there? Oh, I think it will. You think most of it will? I think there's going to be so much money, uh, so much revenue and taxes generated for this state with gambling, I, I think they're going to be able to point to, and they're going to want to point to. Well, they're going to need to. They'll Most point, of they'll it point should at certain there. things and say, this is what the gambling's cost. I don't think people are going to object to the gambling, though, do you? The sports gambling? No, I think you'll have your small groups that'll go out there and protest it right now, saying it's take advantage of the poor. The they're too busy with the pirate boycott. Yeah. <laughs> and Bob, it is taking advantage of the poor. That's what the poor are there for. Well, you don't think the lottery takes advantage of the poor? Every time I go in a 7 Eleven, I stand behind the poor, and they're all buying, guess what, lottery tickets. They don't have a pot to pee in, unlike Jamison Tyon, <laughs> or a hand to throw it out with. Mark, I love the poor. And they're spending money on lottery tickets. I love the poor. Pull! <laughs> uh, Washington and Tampa. Oh, my. Go figure, because let me tell you, Washington's just not only up two games to none. They beat the urine out of Tampa Bay both times. In fact, Jamison Tyon should have put his hand underneath <laughs> those games because it would have been soaked because Washington was doing it 
all over Tampa. It was ugly. Yeah, those uh, Vasilevsky's goalie pads, I'm sure, were they weren't white when they came off the ice. It was ugly in both games. You know, uh, the Capitals just look they can do no wrong right now. They are really flying, and Borky nailed it. It's because Netsov and Ovi right now they are playing like they are possessed. And same thing, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury and the Knights had a tough game. So it's feast or famine right now in the four remaining teams for the NHL. I hate to say it, but I think the Caps are going to take this one. I I think the Caps will bleed it out from here. I think they'll split in D.C. I think Tampa will win at Tampa, and Washington will win uh, game six at D.C. I think they'll win four games to two. Yeah, and even if it doesn't go exactly like that, I see Tampa winning I could see Tampa winning one. I think that they're going to win two. Um, but I just don't know. If the Caps are the team coming out of the East, after what I saw against the Golden Knights, uh, I don't know if they beat Winnipeg because Winnipeg is, oh, my gosh. So you're that playing? sold on Winnipeg after just one game of the Western Conference Final. But I, I've been watching them all the way through, and they've looked pretty good at times. They just look like they're getting better and better, much like the Penguins did in 16. I like when people say, well, it took the hockey world this long to realize that Mark Scheifele's a star. No, it took Winnipeg this long to get as far as they have in the playoffs so we get to see Mark Scheifele proving he's a star. (laughs) I don't really care what he did against Calgary in February. Exactly. That's the way it works. You get that far in the playoffs, everybody's covering your team. Your name's going to get out there a lot more. Look at Big Buff out there, huh? Dustin Bufflin. And I hate him. Why? I just hate him. I thought, you know, I thought he took it. Fat shaming. You're fat shaming. No, no. I he's didn't... not that fat anymore. No, he's not that fat anymore. He's just a big guy. He's got a hell of a shot. I mean, just a whole lot of man. That's all. Yeah, but he seems to take liberties with players over the years. He seems to not be too good. Because with... he's huge. <laughs> that, you know, you Am know I what? not allowed to not like a guy? That goal he scored off the drop pass on Mark, in the, to op- I think it oh, opened the scoring. 65 seconds At in, first, right? I thought that was a bad goal. And then you look at the replay, he just got all of it. It's a howitzer, yeah. Just in uh, the same thing with a couple of the Ovi goals. You know, there's just no goalie stopping no matter what distance the shot may be coming from. Although that one last night, the, the Kuznetsov 2 on 1, that was from pretty close in. And obviously, uh, uh, Vasilevsky's not going to stop that. But what about Kuznetsov beating the defenseman and basically making it a 2 on 0? For like five feet. It's isn't it amazing? Every once in a while, you see, uh, you know, I hate to say Soviet player, a Russian player like that, but a player who you think has all the skill in the world, and most of the time they just look okay. But when they want to dial it up and they make a play like that, it's like, wow, why isn't that there all the time? Well, because now they smell blood. No, that's fair. You know, and now it could lead to something, and they could ignore the fact they're not getting paid for the playoffs. Well, and your Niskanen quote about, look, now that Ovi has passed the Penguins, he's got that, you know, he doesn't have that 1,600 pounds laying on his shoulders. He's free to do what he wants. He's probably feeling it, you know. Well, I'm an Ovi fan. I've met him. I think he's an okay guy. Uh, He's never been, you know, petulant. He's a little dirty, but that's okay if he's your dirty guy. dirty like Bufflin. I put him in the same category and he gives, as Bufflin. he gives a million percent every game. He never cheats you for effort. Never whines. I like the guy. No, that's fair. And then, I know. wish the Penguins would have beat him forever. But now that he has moved past the Penguins finally in a playoff series, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, I'd, I'd raise my hand and agree with you on that one. I think that, you know... Um, He's a great player. He is a generational goal scorer. I haven't liked him over the years because I think the same thing as Bufflin. He's a big dude. He throws it around a little bit too much and a little bit too dirty sometimes. But I got nothing against his play this year. Oh, my God. You don't like him because he's a black man? Who? Ovi? (laughs) 
That's Bob McLaughlin brought you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about something about baseball that I hate, even beyond it being baseball. 105.9 The X.